Welcome to Gimme Some Truth. I'm Kevin Castro, your podcast producer, and your co-hosts are Clint Walkner and Nate Condon, the co-owners and financial advisors at Walkner Condon Financial Advisors in Madison, Wisconsin. This is a podcast series dedicated to illuminate some of the darkness around fees, conflicts of interest, and the motivation behind recommendations in the financial planning industry. Here are your hosts. to give me some truth where Kevin just got back from vacation and uh, he's a little spicy this morning. So, you know, we'll just kind of see, maybe he'll interject a little bit into it, but we're going to talk a bit about politics and the stock market and Nate, how come with all kinds of dysfunction that's been going on, a healthcare vote that didn't pass, how come the stock market seems to just do nothing but go up right now? Yeah, that's a question we've been getting a lot from our clients in the last, uh, boy, I don't even know how many weeks, months, um, since all the way back to the election, actually. Um, and, and in all um, honesty and full disclosure, it's, it's taken Clint and I um, by a little bit of surprise that the market has uh, more or less gone straight up since uh, the election. But um, I think this is one of those times in history where the stock market, Wall Street, the companies involved in it um, are kind of going the direction that they go and are not running parallel to what's happening in Washington uh, as opposed to other times in history where you see those two um, kind of take the lead from one another. Uh, this definitely feels like a time where, where um, the, the indices that make up the, uh, the, the market are kind of you know dancing to their own drummer. Yeah, let's just take a step back and consider what the actual S&P 500 is. I mean, it's essentially the 500 largest companies in market capitalization. So basically said in layman's terms, it's the 500 largest U.S. companies. So there's a lot of multinational companies uh, that comprise this index. And basically, when we invest in the stock market, we're investing in a company because we feel that they're going to be a going concern. They're going to keep going and keep existing, and their earnings are going to keep going on a good path. So we think that tomorrow is better than today, or at least tomorrow's going to be equally as good today because we would never buy something that we thought was just dying out. You know, like right now you're hard pressed to have a compelling argument to go buy a bunch of Sears stock, you know, Uh, but you could, you could, I don't know if that's a good idea. (laughs) You can call it a contrarian. They might have to change their strategy slightly. All right, you mentioned market capitalization. What Wait a second. Wait, Kevin, when was the last time you shopped at a Sears? Oh, God. Um, I'm going to go with never. Never. You've never stepped foot in a Sears? I can't say I have. Wow. <laughs> maybe you're missing out. It may be. Maybe right? you should go over to Sears and just check it out. Where, where can I find one? <laughs> well, there's one on the west side. It still exists. They actually wow. sent somebody out it's to like do a Yeti. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is a thing. It's <laughs> <not like. laughs> You're right. I had them repair my, uh, let's see, repair my snowblower, but they came over to my house. So I actually haven't stepped foot in a Sears. I think it's been almost 10 years. Yeah. And it's we say kind of tongue in cheek, but it's the evolution that is the, uh, uh, the retail sector. I mean, that's a great example to, to look at. So, you know, um, you talk about future earnings of companies. 
uh, not every company that was kind of on the top of the, the heap at one point is remains in the top of the heap. I mean, GE for a long time was, you know, the, the, the Apple of today was, was what GE was back in the 80s and 90s. That's right. And you look at Walmart versus Amazon, too. I right. mean, there's been a huge uh, just sea change in how that all works. So, you know, one thing that you can do as an investor is you can go out and try to pick the winners and losers on it, or you can just simply buy the S&P 500, knowing that 10 years from now, the S&P 500 is going to look significantly different than it does today. And you're relying on the fact that the companies that re-enter that index and move up in there are going to continue to have good earnings, which you know, isn't necessarily a bad way to invest to just try to, um, you know, use an index and, and just put some money there and diversify. And, you know, that's just a way you don't have to pick the winners and losers. And I think that's part of the reason why you're seeing, uh, the, the markets perform the way they have this year is, you know, with that group of, of companies together and, and just to briefly talk about the Dow, the Dow is only 30 companies and that's something that a lot of people are not aware of. And that's part of the reason why we look at the S and P 500 more than the Dow, um, because the, you know, with a, with a smaller sample size of only 30 companies, now granted there are 30, um, you know, very large companies and come from different, um, you know, um, you know, areas of the market, it's still just 30 companies. And so when we look at the Dow, uh, we take that with a little bit of a grain of salt and the NASDAQ tends to be a little bit more growth based companies, a little bit more tech based companies. Um, so that's more or less the three kind of biggest indexes that we look at. But, um, those, the companies that make up those indices, right now are focused on uh, their earnings. They're focused on how the consumer is feeling. They're focused on what the Fed is doing uh, relative to interest rates. Uh, and they're, they're really kind of putting, you know, Washington's chaos right now on the back burner. Yeah, I mean, it is a situation where we're probably not going to see a ton of legislation out of Washington. If we do see some, um, I don't know how impactful it will be because the, it's going to be highly unlikely that they're going to be able to get to 60 votes in the Senate. So as we've kind of addressed before in previous podcasts, uh, it is a situation where that hurdle to overcome really hamstrings uh, the Republicans be able, being able to get meaningful legislation done. So tax reform uh, in order to get to 60 votes is going to be very, very difficult. So you know, I think it's probably more or less, less likely than not that we are going to see the status quo going forward. And if we do see some reform, it's going to have to be uh, an economically balanced reform. So we may actually see some tax increases in sort of re in legislation uh, for some populations. I think one of the uh, proposals that was floated out there was uh, increasing taxes on people that earn over $5 million. Um, and the reason why they're doing that is that they need to make this bill uh, revenue neutral if they want to get under 60 votes. So as a result of that, uh, you know, they're going to have to actually compromise if they want to get this done. So it's going to be either compromising with Democrats or it's going to be Republicans going in and being able to compromise with themselves and move away from perhaps a tax increase pledge that they've made in the past. Yeah, and if the if the three kind of main areas of of um kind of legislative or or agenda driven items are as they've stated obviously this can change but it seems to be healthcare tax uh, law changes and uh, possibly building a border wall. Um, you know, the the one that Wall Street's going to care the most about, in our opinion, would be tax changes. Uh, healthcare would have an impact, but I, I don't know that it would have as big of an impact as as the the possible tax law. So, if they do move healthcare to the back burner and they bring uh, tax law changes to the forefront, 
you could see uh, the market react a little bit more to positive or negative news based on how they see it um, coming out of the news cycle. But e- even that alone, as Clinton alluded to, I mean, it has to be a net neutral change. And so I don't think that um, you know Wall Street looks at that uh, as, a, as a scary proposition by any means. Yeah, I mean, I think they have baked a little bit into the cake that they did expect some sort of tax reform to happen. So if it doesn't come to fruition or if it comes much later than they want um, or if the package is significantly smaller than kind of first anticipated, you could see the market react negatively to that. But at this point, um, you know, I I don't think we're going to see a ton of drivers to drive that stock market either lower or higher um, with any sort of policy coming out of Washington before now in the end of the year. I think that if anything changes uh, the stock market and makes it go lower, it'll be because something unforeseen has happened. I mean, Kim Jong-un is a great example of that, that, um, you know, things are escalating over there geopolitically. And so if we see something like that occur um, or a terrorist attack or something like that, just something totally unforeseen here, um, then you could perhaps see the market react negatively to that. Yeah, I think there's a a much higher chance that that a, um, a big shock to the market is a result of um, you know some sort of military slash terrorist um, development and not a domestic policy change or um, you know laws being passed and so it, we're just at a time right now where um, Wall Street is and the companies that make up Wall Street and the traders that make up Wall Street and the investors are all kind of looking at economic data and very objective information and they're shying away from more of the subjective. Uh, new cycle data to uh, to make their decisions. Yeah, there's always a lot of news every single day. I mean, this has been an unprecedented administration with the amount of things that seem to go on day to day. You know, everything's being played out very publicly in the administration. So, um, you know, I think it makes people feel uneasy in many cases, uh, whether you're Republican or Democrat. I think, uh, you know, we see a lot of change. We see a lot of things that weren't necessarily transparent before. So, uh, you know, I think that makes people feel uneasy, but they shouldn't necessarily feel uneasy about their investments in that way. Yeah, I think that's a great point. The the uneasy feeling, and that's what people, we're hearing this a lot from clients when they come in, is I'm feeling uneasy, my family's feeling uneasy, my you know friends and relatives and neighbors are all feeling uneasy, so why does the stock market continue to go up? And, and it's it's what we've touched on before. The stock market is going up because the, the indicators, what are called the leading indicators that the market looks at, uh, for the most part, are positive right now. That's right. And the Fed has been very accommodative, you know, with their low interest rate policy as well. Um, So, you know, that is one thing that we are going to be watching over the next couple of years is as the Fed starts to shrink its balance sheet, as interest rates start to go up, does that have a negative economic impact from the U.S. perspective? So, you know, it does color the way that we manage money and it is things that we talk about and think about, um, you know, and we'll probably address on, on future podcasts. But, you know, the Fed is very important in this whole cycle, and, and they've been, you know, very, very loose in their monetary policy over the past five, six years. So, um, you know, they took some unprecedented steps out of 2008, and we'll see where, where things shake out going forward with them. But, uh, you know, that's one thing that Nate and I will watch closely is how quickly do they raise interest rates and how quickly do they shrink their balance sheet? Yeah, the triggers for, for us and, and even for people that casually watch the market and, and are interested about uh, – um, where the market goes, the triggers are going to be, as Clint alluded to, movements from the Fed. Uh, it would be, um, you know, if unemployment starts to slide the wrong direction, if the housing market starts to uh, pull back a little bit, if we see these indicators start to move the other direction, 
uh, that's going to be much more of a trigger for the market to go through some um, ugliness as opposed to, I hate to say anything that comes out of Washington, D.C., but I don't know that there's a lot more that can come out that hasn't come out in the first six months that would possibly shake the market. Yeah, I mean, there would have to be some uh, pretty big deviation from the policy they've discussed in the past. I mean, perhaps the the focus on the border wall or, or more importantly, the border adjustment tax. Um, there'd be a lot of uncertainty around that. So maybe a really uh, outside the box tax policy that, uh, you know, companies would be looking at that as a real uncertain sort of tax uh, situation for them. That might cause it to react negatively, but I think we've kind of moved past those ideas and gone into more of a traditional sort of tax cut situation where, um, you know, they're talking talking about cutting the corporate tax rate and others um, and some individual rates, but nothing that's a significant reform or overhaul of the tax code at this point. Yeah, I mean, the the takeaway really is, you know, at least for the first six months of this year, and and, and our prediction is it'll be for the, the next six months as we finish out 2017, is... You know, the the direction of people's investments is really going to be driven by the investment section of the newspaper, not, uh, you know, the first section of the newspaper, which focuses on, you know, uh, domestic and, and world politic issues. Um, there are times in history where those two things play off of each other, but it really feels like there's a disconnect there right now, uh, and Wall Street's really kind of going the direction it wants to go. You saying you're a big newspaper reader? Do you I don't still like a newspaper? I yeah. like a newspaper once in a while. It's the um, it's not just how I get the news. It's the fact that it's you know it kind of makes you slow down a little bit. It's that know? tangibility. A little bit. So Kevin, when you took it's your a Sunday flight, morning thing, when you took your flight, did you you get a magazine? Did you read an iPad? Your phone? Did well, you get drove, a newspaper? So. You That's drove right. to South Carolina? I did. Oh, man. That's Holy right. God. Flights are expensive from small airport to small airport. I'm not going to pay 600 bucks when I could just... This, this, he's That's planning, true. He's planning the seed for a raise. That's what this is right now. That's, yeah. easy. That's exactly what this is. It could you be. said it, not me. The next review, <laughs> it's going to be... Yeah, here we go. Your, your words. Your... <laughs> And that wraps up this uh, Give Me the Truth episode. Thank you for uh, dropping in and spending some time with us. If you have any uh, desire to weigh in on some of our future topics, please send us an email or give us a call. Uh, you can even pick up the phone you know, and give us a call so, and tell us old school and tell us what you'd like to hear. So we enjoy getting your feedback on these episodes and we appreciate you spending the time with us. Advisory services are offered through Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the states of Wisconsin and Texas. Clint Walkner and Nate Condon are investment advisor representatives of Walkner Condon. Kevin Castro is an office manager and marketing communications specialist for Walkner Condon Financial Advisors. He is not registered, and his participation in this podcast is limited to unregistered activities and will not be providing any advice that is investment-related, nor should any comments he makes be construed as giving investment advice. Insurance products and services are offered through WC Insurance Services, LLC, Walkner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC, and WC Insurance Services, LLC are affiliated companies. Content should not be viewed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned or as legal or tax advice. 
You should always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. Wachner Condon Financial Advisors LLC is not engaged in the practice of law. Whenever you invest, you are at risk of loss of principal as the market does fluctuate. Past performance is not indicative of future results. Purchases are subject to suitability. This requires a review of an investor's objective, risk tolerance, and time horizons. Investing always involves risk and possible loss of capital. Long-term care, estate planning, insurance products, and tax advice are not offered through Wachner Condon Financial Advisors, LLC. Wachner Condon works on a best efforts basis and does not promise or guarantee any results. Past performance does not represent future results. Please see wachnercondon.com for additional disclosures.